We're professionals. Well, we didn't freak out like we used to, so. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like the usual rule is like if something doesn't work, refresh until it does. Yeah. Usually helps. That seems to be like the safe way to do it or, you know, when in <laughs> doubt. It's like that IT thing when it's like, oh, your computer's not working? Yep. Have you tried like turning it off and turning it back on? No? Do that first and then call us back. Like that's what I always mm-hmm. get whenever I have yep. an issue with my computer. So now I'm just like, yes, I did turn it back off. I turned it off and I turned it back on and it's still not working. So That's the first thing they teach you in IT school. It must be. Turn something off and turn it back on. Same with the phone. I remember there was this British show Dave and I would watch, IT Crowd, where they would like, it was like these three IT people working for this company, and they had a like code for when they had to tell someone to do that, but I forget now what it was. It was funny. <laughs> I remember like, that Like, they would show. make fun of people, like, oh, just tell them this. Yeah. It was pretty funny. I forgot about that show. I never really watched it, but like a lot of people I knew watched it. It was a big college show, I feel like. All right, everyone, welcome back to another fun episode of Oi with the Terror Already. I'm one of your hosts, Sandra. And I'm your other host, Danielle. And happy Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Happy Olympics. <laughs> happy Olympics. Happy belated Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because it's Tuesday. I don't know. It's just one of those weeks where I'm like, all the days are blending together, and I don't know like what day it is anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kept I, – I thought that a few times today. I'm like, it's tomorrow Wednesday. It's tomorrow Thursday. <laughs> what is a day? What is time? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, basically. So do you want to start off with Oi of the Weeks or do you want to save those until the end? Let's do it now. I think I do like us doing it in the beginning when we remember. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting better though, <laughs> I feel like, remembering to do it at the beginning than at the end. Um. So I think I'm getting a hunchback and oh no. I'm scared. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my posture has never been great, but I'm noticing, I don't know, like, getting older or what. Like, my neck gets super stiff, especially, like, sitting most of the day. So now I'm trying to make, like, a, like, really big conscious effort throughout the day to, like, sit back and, like, this area specifically, like, the back of my, like, bottom area, lower neck mm-hmm. area, it always gets, like, super tight there. So we have this like little massager thingy, like designed for your like upper shoulders or neck. So it does help a little bit, but yeah, I feel like I need to be like very conscious of it now. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, I feel like once you turn thirty, your body is just like, and I'm done. Mm-hmm. And this is gonna be the rest of your life. That's what everyone told me when they turn thirty. They're like, my body just quits on me. <laughs> it's whenever um Dave, well Dave works like t- twice a week now from home but sometimes I overhear his meetings and like whenever he and like someone else our age complains to like his supervisor who's like mid upper 30s he's always like don't complain to me wait till you're my age <laughs> <laughs> so yep. I guess it always changes 
Yeah, that's what my older cousins tell me too. They're like, just wait, just wait, Sandra. Just wait until you're like mid-30s, almost 40s. And it's like, I'm good. I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah, 30s isn't like anything yet. But I definitely would like to like start seeing a chiropractor. I've never done that before, but I feel like that would help a lot with muscle things. Yeah. So maybe I'll try it this year. I know a few people that like some people like it and some people still go and they don't like it, but Mm -hmm. it just makes them feel better. So they just suck it up. Right. But you have to find like a good one. That's the key. Mm. So do your homework. We go to this, the doctor's office we go to is the type where there's like, it's a big building and they have different types of doctors in it. So if they have a person there, that would be convenient. A chiropractor, maybe they do. Also, they might pick it up. You might like but. be able to get a referral from like your primary. Now I sound adult throwing around words like referral and primary. And I understood it, so <laughs> I'm also an adult. <laughs> yep. Oh, and we are getting our dishwasher tomorrow, hopefully. Yay. <laughs> so that will no longer be an oi, hopefully after tomorrow. <laughs> That's good, because you texted me, and you were like, we're now with her saying at, like, the end of the month. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot <laughs> about that. That that was annoying. Dave, at first, got an email Thursday night saying, your dishwasher will actually get delivered tomorrow. We thought it was going to be delivered tomorrow, which is the 16th, but they told us it was going to come last Friday, mm-hmm. and we were like, okay, this doesn't make sense, but getting it that early would be cool. And then he gets an email Friday morning saying, actually, it'll be delivered the 26th. We just look at each other like, what is happening? So (laughs) I called the Lowe's near us where it's getting delivered from. It's the floor model one. Mm -hmm. So it's literally in the store there. It's not like they have to wait to get it from somewhere else. So the guy there was like, oh, yeah, I don't know what happened, but you're still getting it next Wednesday. So someone must have just like written a note down wrong or something but we're like oh my god (laughs) like let's just get it hopefully tomorrow talk about like extra stress for you guys of oh wait we were supposed to get it now you're saying tomorrow now you're saying end of the month and now wait now it's coming next week right and this dishwasher is kind of technically the third one like we were thought we thought we were getting a different model at first then they're like, okay, get this other model because we know we'll get it. And now the one we're actually getting is the floor like display model. <laughs> so it's like the third try, basically. Hopefully third time's the charm and it yep. just gets delivered tomorrow and it works and it's fine. And you guys can use real, real dishware again. That'll be so paper. nice. I've been having to re- like apply um, moisturizer, I think, like four times a day. So <laughs> on my hands. Yep. I'm showing Sandra my hand lotion. Skin food? <laughs> well, I've never heard of that. Oh, Melita. Okay. So I was like, skin food? What is that? <laughs> I don't nice. know why. I don't like using the gloves to wash dishes. I feel like they have that like super rubbery smell to them. Yeah, I don't so like them really either. Fan. Yeah, no, I'm not a huge fan of them. But that's another story. <laughs> For next week. 
<laughs> okay, I'm done. All right, so my oi is a little bit different. Um, so on Saturday, I decided to treat myself after going to the eye doctor to go and get a pedicure. And I had like some time to kill, so I went to Boston and walked around and then went back to get my pedicure. And I always forget this, but like I felt awful for the poor like person doing the pedicure because the entire time he just kept telling me to like relax. He would just look at me and be like, you need to relax. And I'm like, I am trying to relax, but I'm also incredibly ticklish and you are trying to like (laughs) – you know, I think it's the part where they like try to get rid of like the calluses mm-hmm. and stuff. Like the scraper so thing. To, like, make your feet like nice and smooth. Yeah, that always gets me to the point where I'm actually like mildly concerned that I'm gonna actually accidentally like hit somebody in the face, or, like kick them or pee in the your face. pants. Yeah. So <laughs> I felt awful, so I gave him like a really good tip, and I was like, "I am so sorry. I just I'm not good at like sitting around doing nothing and." Apparently getting a pedicure because I get one like Wait, three times a year. So did you know this beforehand when you agreed to do the p- pedicure? Like I know. I, like I always know this going in and then I think it's not going to be too bad. <laughs> and then it just ends up with them yelling at me the entire time to relax and me being like, I'm trying to relax. But between <laughs> the massager like chair thing, which I hate, like I don't like those. They don't work for me. They're not comfortable. Yeah. But I always feel bad saying, like, no, thank you when they turn it on. So I just kind of suck it up. So, yeah, for the whole, like, 40 minutes, I'm just, like, basically miserable. And I'm, like, I'm just trying to, like, do something nice for myself. Like, get my feet, like, nice and clean. But I'm miserable. Like, this sucks. I kind of feel like that's how my mom is when we get pedicures. I only go, like, with my mom. Like, I, I don't just go on my own. I don't know. I just do my own nails and... Like, I'm, like, kind of weird about that, too. Like, I treat myself by getting, like, a haircut pretty much. Oh, mm-hmm. a massage sometimes, maybe once a year. Like, yeah. That would be my treat myself or whatever. But um, whenever I go, like, with my mom, I always feel like she's so uncomfortable. <laughs> and I kind of feel bad, but then I'm, like... Like, she likes, like, having the nice nails afterwards. It's just, like, during the process, I feel like she doesn't enjoy it, but... Yeah, and they always <laughs> laugh at me because, like, I'll, like, pull my foot back or, like, I'll squirm or something and they're like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just really ticklish. Like, it's not you. It's just, it's me. I'm not good at this. Mm. So, yeah, it was just, like, 40 minutes of, like, why do I do this to myself? Oh, yeah, because you want nice-looking feet. That's yeah. why. I need to get a good foot scraper thingy. I bought like a, what's it called? Like pumice stone or whatever, but I don't know if it's working. It's like one of those blue ones. I think I found it at Target. But they have these intense looking metal ones, but I'm kind of scared. I like the feet <laughs> masks. Like the mask, like the the, like yeah. the socks that you like put on your feet and you leave them on for a bit. Like those are nice. I like mm. those. You can deal with those. Those are fine. But yeah, long story short, I gave this man a ridiculously large tip because I felt horrible and apologized. (laughs) I'm sure he appreciated it. Which I think he just found even more comical. So I think I unintentionally like made his day in a really weird way. What color did you get? So I never get color because I had like a bad reaction to nail polish a few years ago. And that just turned me Mm. off from getting color so I just never do get color 
I just got them like cleaned up. Oh, okay. Is it like a clear base? Like just like shiny? Yeah, they sometimes just put like a shiny like base on and that's about it, which I'm fine with. Mm. I wanted to get a manicure too, but like I didn't have time. So I might go this weekend and get a manicure for my first week of new work next week. Ooh. Yeah. But we'll we'll see if I actually like do that. <laughs> we should go to this place next time you're on the South Shore. There's a place near me that it's like a kind of cute little like boutique type nail place. They have like, it's like um, gel nail polish, but it's supposed to like have less chemicals or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really cute. I've only been there once so far, but I've been wanting to go back. And you can actually like make appointments online. You can't do that at all nail places, but yeah, some you can, so that's convenient. But Well, next, whenever I come to your house, maybe we can go and get our nails done. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. All right. So I guess I'm going first. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So the only hint that I gave you was a picture of a campfire. And the reason was because I went back on Reddit and I found a bunch of scary camping stories. So scary incidents that happened to people while they were camping. So I have a few of them are really short. One of them's long, but I have about like seven stories that I found. And I'm curious to see on your scale if they're, like, not that creepy or if mm-hmm. they're, like, mildly terrifying. Because some of them, to me, don't seem that creepy. And some of them, to me, seem really creepy. So, so I can... it's kind of like a, like, Sandra Reddit segment episode. Yes. Like, the yeah. last one was, like, the road trip yep. truck driver one. Yep. And I got inspired by this from... It was a video that I sent you. I couldn't find the story, like the Reddit, because it was a story that he got off of Reddit. And it was from, I think he's called Mr. Ballin. He just started a podcast like this week. And he does a bunch of like true crime and like scary stuff on like Facebook. And I now he has a podcast on Spotify. So, but yeah, so I got inspired by him. So unintentionally, I'm blaming him for my segment this week. What's his name again? His name on, like, his podcast name is, Miss. I think it's Mr. Ballen, B-A-L-L-E-N. Okay. Let me double check that. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Ballen, one word, podcast. Hmm. So, yeah. He's also just, like, really good. He's just really kind of fun to listen to. Anyway. So the first one, again, I found all of these either on Reddit or from links that featured them and then credited them to being back on Reddit. So um, this one is from, so the first one is from, and I'm sorry if I pronounce their pen names incorrectly, Vesely, oh, Vessi Like Tacos, I think <laughs> that's the name. Um, so this first one starts off with not me, but a friend of mine worked at an outfitter, an outfitter store in upstate South Carolina. A lady came in who was preparing to hike the Appalachian Trail solo, and he set her up with everything that she needed. A couple of weeks later, he saw her at the store again and went up to her and asked her how her trip had gone. She just stared at him and then looked upset, left without saying anything. One of his coworkers saw what happened and then informed him that she had come back early after she stopped at a place along the trail to get film from her camera developed and had found pictures of her sleeping. 
from every night. Camping can be scary. Yeah, and that was a really common theme that I found. I think that's the only one, like, in these stories that I found. But there were a few of them that would mention, like, they'd go camping with, like, their significant other or something or by themselves. And then they'd look at their camera and they would see pictures of themselves asleep at night. Like, so it's like, is it somebody that was just, like, on the trail? Or is it just, like, a creepy person that does this to freak people out? So, yeah, just because it's like you, yeah, it's not like just like someone coming over to stop by to be like, oh, hello. I'm also, it's like someone that does it as you're sleeping. Yeah. Like, where it's like, that's not okay. I know. And for the record, I have never been camping. I have never had a desire (laughs) to go camping. And after reading these stories, I am okay with being in a house. So. If I do go camping, I think it'll be more in the glamping side of things. I definitely want to go, like, camping, because I've never really done it for real. I mm-hmm. just mentioned recently I was supposed to do that one time with Girl Scouts, but then it rained, so we didn't go, we didn't do it. Yeah. Which, I guess, taught us you're unable to camp if it rains. <laughs> I don't know. So I've always wanted to go camping, like, for real, just to see how it is. Maybe just once is enough, but... I feel like if I go camping, I need to go with people who know what they're doing. Like, I can't just round up, like, a group of my girlfriends who have never been camping and be like, hey, let's go camping. Because honestly, like, we'd survive, but I don't know if we would know, like, what to do in certain situations or what to bring. So I would want to go with somebody that's already done it. Um, My parents have equipment because they somehow... I never went camping with them ever. <laughs> they started going camping with their friends, like basically when I was in college. They're like, "Guess what we're doing? Going camping!" And I'm like, "You've never taken me camping in my life once." <laughs> like, so they Aww. they have camping equipment. So I'm always like, "Well, if Dave and I go or whoever, I can at least like borrow some stuff." Yeah. I feel like, hashtag Dave the intern, I feel like he'd be a good guy to go camping with. Yeah, he would just, like, tell us when he heard wolves nearby. No, he he did, like, Boy Scouts and stuff, so, like, he does know about wilderness and things. So, like, yeah, yeah he would be good to, to I, have. I, I feel like, like, if he were at least in the group, like, we'd have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I would just bring bear mace or something. Yeah. I don't know what I would bear contribute, spray. but... Bear spray, a lot of bear spray, even though yep. <laughs> I don't know. Because I feel like the closest I've been to camping is like with you guys, like up at the cabin in New York, yeah. and that's not camping. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. That's but, just like, yeah, some people do camping like that too, like go to a cabin, and but yeah, it's like different than being in a tent. Yeah, very different. Okay, so the next one is from Super Shuttle. Again, I'm sorry, some of these pen names are, or I don't know, names are, like, a little hard to pronounce. So this one is, I worked at a camp in North Georgia, and we took kids on the, again, the Appalachian Trail around the city of Delanonga, where it pretty much starts. This also happens to be the same place that the Army Rangers trained. One nice night, we just... I guess they cowboy camped on a tarp because it was cooler and easier than setting up a frame. 
And one morning about 15 years back, a college girl counselor woke up with a knife stuck to the ground next to her face and attached to the knife was a note that said, we could have killed you last night. XOXO, the army rangers. Uh, that one I just read and was like, what in the? No. No. Like, I was a real knife too, I'm guessing. Not like a plastic knife. It doesn't say. It just says up with, like, they woke up with a knife stuck right. to the ground next to her. I'm guessing right. it's a real knife. And I'm also, like, I don't know if that's the army rangers trying to be cute, but that's not cute. Yeah. Like, I feel like this and the first story you told about the camera and the photos, it could be if it was, like, like teenagers or something like that doing it. They could be like, oh, this is hilarious. Ha, ha, mm-hmm. ha. Or yep. it could be, like, some creepy older person. You never know. Yep. But the next one gets a little bit worse. Um, So this one is from I Crave More Cowbell. My dad and I found a dead (laughs) camper. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. I do do like some of these names, but some of them, like, they're spaced weird. So it's like, I'm trying to figure out, like, what are they, like, what are they actually saying? Uh, So this one is a little bit creepier. My dad and I found a dead camper in Yellowstone when I was five or six. We were walking, throwing stones into the lake. It was like every feel-good vacation movie you've ever seen. Then we saw this guy slumped against a tree. At first, we didn't think much of it, but it was getting cold and dark, and my dad didn't want the guy to fall asleep and wake up unable to find his way back to camp. Reasonable. So my dad and I started walking towards him, but the closer we got, the worse it smelled. Not like rotting flesh, but like shit. Literally like shit. My dad told me to stay back, and he walked over to the guy and asked him if he was okay. He got no response. He asked again, once again, no response. My dad then tapped the guy's shoulder, and the body made some sort of crunching noise as it fell slightly to the side, and when this happened, the guy's head fell off. Because the way the guy had been slanted, it was like the blood had gone out of half of the guy's face and pulled to the other side. When I was completely red, possibly from a first blood vessel, and my dad rushed over to me, took me back to the Camp Rangers for Camp Rangers Fort Place. He had me stay there with some nice lady who I remember looking distinctly like Big Bird, which then he led another ranger to and the paramedic and to where the side of the body was. It wasn't a horrifying, oh my god, I got attacked by a bear type scenario, but it was pretty scary being in a pretty secluded area far away from home and finding a dead body. Mm-hmm. Which is terrifying. Yeah, he's gonna be messed up. I don't care if you're a kid. I don't care if you're an adult. That is one thing yeah. where you were like, I'm not gonna go camping to expect to find a dead body. Alright, uh, the next one is from Haunted Mountains. I worked with a woman who told me a story that reminded me of this. When her and her siblings were kids, they went camping to at a nearby campground. They went and played around and talked about this man that they saw sitting up on a rock cliff, uh, cliff formation watching them. They told their mom and she totally freaked out. She insisted they pack up and leave and they ended up going to a hotel. Later in the summer, a seven-year-old girl was kidnapped from her tent in the exact same campground. It turned out to be the serial killer David Mirhofer. They found a pile of cigarettes next to the spot high up on the rocky cliff where he'd set where he would sit and watch kids. Mm. So I looked him up because I was a little bit curious and a little bit of information about him. You can also find out more information, obviously, on websites like Wikipedia, was that he was an American serial killer who actually committed four murders in rural Montana. And this was between 1967 and 1974. Three of those four were children. 
So to give you a little bit of an idea. And then I just have, I think, like two or three more. The next one's pretty short. This one is from Javier. Um, it's J, the number four, V-I-A-T-O-R. So I'm guessing it's Javier. Went camping with my boyfriend when I was 19. We weren't in a designated camping site, just out in the wilderness of northern Scotland. I was just chilling in the tent using a torch, which for those of you that don't know is a flashlight, to read my book when all of a sudden the roof just starts bowing inwards. It came down at two to three feet to the point where I had to lie down so it didn't touch me. I'm sure I saw 10 points pressing right above my face like someone was pushing it down with their hands. And then the last short one I have, and then I have one longer one, and then that's about it, um, is one from Jaegerfly. Some of these names are pretty good. One of my college professors told us his story. He was camping in the Cordillera Mountains and had his own tent. He woke up in the middle of the night to find a woman with unkept hair and torn and bloody clothing crawling on all fours towards him. Oh, God. He screamed and woke up, and apparently it was a dream. But when his friends rushed to his tent to see what the, was the matter, he told them that his, he told them about his dream, and a few of them became visibly uncomfortable when all of the color drained from their faces. They insisted that they leave camp as soon as the sun came up, and it was only after they had left the mountains that his friends told him that several of them had shared similar dreams. Except in their dreams, they saw a woman crawling into my professor's tent. Oh, so creepy. Yeah. All right. So the last one, and this one is pretty long, but I'll see if I can shorten it up a bit. Uh, so this one is from Yume1400, and it was posted three years ago, and it's called Something in the Woods. So this is this story is 100% true, and I'm writing it on here to warn other people and let them know that there's definitely something out there. And to this day, I still don't know what it is, nor have I gone into any woods or forest whatsoever. If you don't believe me, that's completely fine. Read this as a fun story at your own expense. But for those of you out there with an open mind or you've seen something yourself and just know that you are not alone and just typing out and remembering this account is causing me to shake with anxiety and fear. First off, I am a girl and I live in North Carolina in the United States. I was 15 at the time of my encounter and was definitely not a believer in anything supernatural, paranormal, or anything of that sort. It happened while I was at a local summer camp. There was absolutely nothing special about that day. There were no weird lights, no weird people, animals, sounds, nothing. It was just the same camp schedule that I'd gone used to for the past two weeks that I had been there. My age group had just finished up lunch and was able to persuade our counselor to let us play a game called Scatter down by the lake. Scatter is like a giant hide-and-seek game in the woods. Now, we had played this at least 20 times before that day, and nothing weird had happened to any of us, and we all grew up playing it in the woods, so it's not like it, we had any aversion or fear of it. But for some reason that day when our counselor shouted scatter and I ran off to find a hiding place, it became a whole new ball game. I'd run as far as I could while still being able to see the lake, as were the rules, and I found a huge old uprooted tree that I decided would be the perfect hiding spot. I laid down as close as I could against the ground and waited. I'd been there for about five minutes when I suddenly heard a voice calling my name in a weird dreamy-like voice and not just any voice, my mom's. Now, me and my mom are extremely close. We are thick as thieves, so I'd known her voice anywhere, and I would swear on my own grave that it was without a doubt hers. But I knew it couldn't be her because she was 20 miles away at work, and even if she actually had been and she'd come to pick me up, I'd been there and come to pick me up early, her voice wasn't coming from the lake. It was coming from further out in the woods beyond the border of the camp. I knew I should have run away from 
this strange mimic mom voice, but I couldn't, and it was almost hypnotic. It just messed with my thoughts and gave me doubts like, well, it could be mom, or what if she's hurt and I have to get to her? All of these were flooding through my mind as someone had broken the dam I didn't know was there until they finally overwhelmed me and emotions got the better of me and I took off running in the direction the voice was coming from. I ran as far as I could, only the strange voice is my guide, and I couldn't have run more then five or seven minutes when I got to the vo- when I got to a clearing and the voice suddenly stopped. When I entered the clearing and I didn't hear my mom's voice yelling me for me anymore, I finally could think clearly again and started to have little alarm bells go off inside my head saying, you idiot, or that's not mom, and run. But I couldn't run. I didn't know where to run. I had gotten so far that I had lost sight of the lake by the camp and had absolutely no idea where I was. And I was completely exhausted to boot. With no other options than to sit and catch my breath, I did just that. No sooner that I sat down, more warning bells went off in my mind, and I quickly did a 360 survey around the clearing and noticed a strange noise. It wasn't the continuation of the voice before, but it was more a distinct sound of chattering like teeth. If you were cold, only there was no one else around me, and it was the middle of June in North Carolina. So there's no way that someone could be cold. And that's when I heard it, leaves and sticks crunching on the edge of the small clearing, and I realized something was watching me. And that whatever it was moved as past circles around the clearing, almost like it was circling prey. And it was that moment I knew whatever it was had led me away from the rest of my group, exactly like the predator my instincts had been screaming at me that it was. Without any other option to try and escape, I took off in the direction I thought I came from and sprinted as fast as I could while hearing the chittering of teeth and sticks crunching behind me. I didn't know what to do and I didn't dare turn around to see what was chasing me, That I, but I knew that if I did, I would slow down and I absolutely would I absolutely refuse to slow down it felt like a lifetime running away from this thing before I finally saw the lake and even though I didn't think I could be I could I ran faster than I ever have in my life and I broke the tree line and ran to the lake where I knew my friends were at this point I felt safe enough to stop and look back and see just what had been chasing me but when I did I only saw the fleet I only saw a fleeting form running back the way that I had come from and distinct sound of the chitter the chattering teeth when i finally found my counselor who was the seeker to find us all i was hysterical with fear and hugged her as tight as i could when i finally calmed down she tried to get me to tell her what happened but i just said were you calling my name before she even said anything i already knew the answer after all it had been my mom's voice that i had heard to lead me away from everybody else but what she replied with was so much more bone chilling to me she told me no one called for you we didn't know you were gone. Everyone here is still hiding. The game isn't over yet. And those are my stories for the week. Wow, that last one was creepy. Yeah. Like I was reading I was reading it last night to like read it over and I was just like, I really shouldn't be reading these at night before I go to bed. <laughs> also, those games were an excuse for counselors to like take a break. Being a former counselor, I can attest to that. Yeah, I distinctly remember playing that game at like nature's classroom for some reason. Mm. And like, oh, that girl just ran into the woods. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Give her five to seven minutes. She'll be fine. There's nothing in these woods. I don't know. Just reading these stories. I'm just I'm like, yep. And this is why I like I get freaked out in woods. Yeah, because I don't know. You just don't like you just don't know. We were just saying that. Recently, in the last episode, the pirates episode, where like for some reason woods equals like witchcraft or other yep. type of paranormal activity. Yeah, it's just it's creepy. Like, 
sometimes I even get creeped out like walking around like our hometown sometimes where I'm like something's gonna happen and then it's like you're fine <laughs> like you're literally fine <laughs> the creepiest thing about the woods near me were like there was this one area where it looked like there used to be a house but now they're just like cl- like stone ruins there were a lot of parts of our town that were like older mm-hmm. um so I guess it was like a kind of not like not right on my street, but if you walk 10 or 15 minutes away, like, over there to the left part. Yeah. Um, and apparently there was, like, an abandoned, like, bathtub and washing machine. It's, like, <laughs> just, like, things that's, like, oh, classic, like, scary movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, a suburban rural town, so not really something you would expect to just, like, walk around and then in a wooded area see, like, a bathtub or something. That's so creepy. I didn't know that. That's really creepy. <laughs> but yeah, no, especially like where you grew up, there's so much woods over there. But yeah. Well, our hope, I feel like our whole like hometown was, it's woods. Yeah. But yeah. Definitely more so in certain areas. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That's why it was always so foggy. Because <laughs> it was so it's... mystical. More like that's why we have horrible cell phone reception. We have to keep up the image <laughs> of, of the woods yeah. <laughs> being isolated. Because of the woods, I swear. It's mm-hmm. like a conspiracy with our hometown. <laughs> Good stories. Did you think one of them was like more creepy than the other? Well, that one, it was shorter, but the Scotland one where the guy thought he saw like a hand imprint on yeah. pushing down. Yeah, that was very I thought you were going to say like something else happened, but I guess that was it. It seemed like that was I mean, a whole story. There was a few like funny ones that I feel like I should have thrown in just because one of them literally was like, I was in my, I think it was from one of the sources that I've already like used. So I think it's fine to say, but it was literally like, I was in my tent and something fell on me and it was a bear. A bear fell on me while I was in my tent. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, this poor guy was like, I was just camping, minding my own business in my tent. And then the next thing I know, like, the top of the tent, like, starts to, like, cave in. And it turns out, like, a bear, like, somehow fell on top of him wow. while he was in the tent. I didn't know that happened. <laughs> I didn't know that either. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like I should use this. But at the same time, like, this isn't scary. This is just <laughs> unfortunate. And I'm sorry. I guess that's an awkward encounter for both the bear and the human. Yeah. That poor bear was probably like, I was just trying to check things out. I didn't know I was going to, like, fall on you. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. I think the creepiest one for me is still that woman that, like, found pictures of herself when she was hiking alone. Yeah. I don't like that. Anyway, so that's, like, a common occurrence. I read that, like, a few times. I don't know if it was the same story on different websites. Um, yeah. Or if it was, like, a different story, but, like, the same plot where these poor people go camping and then they find pictures of themselves. And it's, like, that's Also, not that's okay. pretty, like, ballsy to go camping by yourself, I feel like. I'd be yeah. very nervous about that. I feel like a lot of people do, especially, like, out, I don't know, at the national parks especially. But... I don't know. I always feel better, like, safety in numbers. Like, I don't... I I don't even like to, like, hike by myself. Like, so... Camping by myself is, like, out of the question. But to those of you that do, and if you also have stories, like, please send them in. Um, Yep. 
yeah, to those of you that do, like, good, good for you, because I don't have the courage. I just don't. And I, I can admit that. Yeah, I'm just like, if anything would happen, it would just be me. That, yep. That's the scary part. <laughs> me with no cell phone reception, probably. And in the woods, <laughs> in the dark. No. I'm like, well, I mean, when you were saying that story in particular, I was kind of imagining maybe it's some sort of campground with like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, there are those types where kind of there are a good amount of people, but they're like spaced out. Yeah. Maybe it's something like that, especially if like someone just walked around doing that. So like they could have been camping by themselves, but maybe they're like other people nearby type situation. Maybe. I don't know. I also, I also, it's funny because I was just thinking of Gilmore Girls, like a year in the life, how she tried to like, Lorelai, like, yeah, tried to go yeah, like yeah. camping by herself. Be the wild. Yeah. yeah. And it, like, it just didn't work out. But I was just like, maybe like, <laughs> she can do it. Maybe I can do it. But like, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> she didn't really do it though. No. I, cause I, I watched that one a few months ago, kind of recently. And like, yeah, she got all like pumped up and, everything but then i think when she actually went to do the trail thing she couldn't find the ticket in her giant camping backpack or something yeah because when those things are open you don't you don't close them but i guess she got like the motel experience and meeting other travelers and stuff yeah so like maybe but i don't know (laughs) I'll i'll let i'll let all of you know if i ever decide to one day go camping Glamping sounds nice. I could do glamping. sent me one hint and it was a picture and I had a guess but I'm pretty sure my guess is wrong yeah that was the less violent photo I could have sent so if you google this it's like pretty kind of gruesome the photos that pop up so I was like oh I don't want to freak Sandra out too much so I was at work so (laughs) yeah it was a photo of um some guys holding rifles I guess Mm -hmm. And yeah. then some other guys that I think were police or something looked kind of like police were in the photo. And it is from the 30s. Okay, that explains. Yeah, I'm looking at the photo now. That explains a little bit. I was going to guess like 1920s, 1930s. Mm-hmm. So this topic actually came to me like last night. I was about to do a different topic, but then I kept second guessing it i was like i feel like i could do this one later i like i don't know like there's some topics i get kind of more excited about and then there are other ones i feel like i can't decide for the week so then this one came to me i was like hmm well it was valentine's day valentine's day there's always the saint valentine's day massacre i was just thinking that i was like wait a minute i did not connect valentine's day to this that makes more sense well, it okay. was just a picture of men holding rifles, so yeah. I can't blame you for not thinking of Valentine's Day. 
But I always forget about the Valentine's Massacre. Yeah, that's the only one that popped. I mean, I'm sure there are other ones related to Valentine's Day, but like this literally has like the name and the title of it. Um, so yes, as I like started writing this and thinking about it, I did have to go back to make sure I didn't do it before because I I think it was in the Leopold and Loeb episode where I mentioned specifically Chicago mm-hmm. and this time period and stuff. So I, I was like, oh, I feel like I wrote this before, but I know for sure I didn't do this topic. So it occurred on February 14th, 1929 in Chicago's North Side. So as I mentioned in the Leopold and Loeb episode, Chicago was known at that time for having basically all the gangsters. So when you asked me if it was mafia related, I was like, kind of? Because <laughs> I looked up gangster versus mafia <laughs> And it said, it started going into detail, like, well, mafia, it's Italian people from where they're from Sicily and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, they use the word gangster, so I know it's that. (laughs) Um, I was close. (laughs) So this is basically all about Al Capone, but he might actually not be the person responsible for it, which everyone believed to be the case. So Al Capone was basically the chief gangster and the thought was he wanted to take control of the city basically by eliminating his rivals um, in the illegal trades of bootlegging, gambling, and prostitution. So basically another reason why I thought I'd discuss this before is because I've mentioned this topic in other episodes is the prohibition. So I guess a lot of how Capone made money was from bootlegging, which is like supplying businesses or people with liquor during the prohibition because it was illegal to purchase liquor or consume liquor at that time. So ironically, it gave him a lot of money from doing that because it was illegal. So he had his plan was to eliminate his rivals And I guess the violence between the gangs reached a boiling point in a garage on Valentine's Day, 1929. Seven men tied to the Irish gangster George Bugs Marin, Murin, one of Capone's longtime enemies, were shot to death by several men dressed as policemen. The massacre is an unsolved crime and was never officially linked to Capone, but he was always considered to be the driving force behind it. So for some backstory, from 1924 to 1930, Chicago established a reputation for lawlessness and violence. This happened to line up with the reign of chief crime lord Al Scarface Capone, who took over from his boss, Johnny Torrio, in 1925. Torrio was seriously wounded in an assassination attempt the year earlier, and, quote, retire to Brooklyn, which I thought sounded really funny because who, d- who retires to Brooklyn? I, I, I don't know. So I thought that, was, that should be a phrase. So ironically, the prohibition, which banned people from selling and buying alcohol, boasted the earnings of America's gangsters through bootlegging, especially with speakeasies, which I like a speakeasy. Capone's income from these activities amounted to $60 million a year. 
His net worth in 1927 was around $100 million. George Bugs Marone, no, Marin, was actually headed to the garage at the time of the massacre, but apparently missed getting killed by a few minutes. He later told reporters that, quote, only Capone kills like that, end quote. When Capone was reached for comment, he said, quote, the only man who kills like that is Bugs Marin, end quote. So they basically were pointing fingers at each other. In 1924, authorities counted or attributed 16 murders to gain gang violence. This continued until 1929, and 64 murders took place that one year. The FBI had much less jurisdiction at the time, and it did not include Chicago's gang-related activity. The massacre took place around 10.30 in the morning at a garage at 2122 North Clark Street, where Bugs uh, ran his bootlegging operations. Apparently, four or five men stepped out of a big black Cadillac. The driver wore an expensive-looking chinchilla top coat with a gray fedora. Two people wore police uniforms. Seven members of Bugs' operation were gunned down in the garage while standing, lined up facing the wall of the garage. Johnny May, a former safe blower turned auto mechanic, uh, Frank and Peter Gunsberg, two of Chicago's most troublesome goons, James Clark, a convicted armed robber and killer, Adam Hayer, a.k.a. Frank Snyder, an accountant and embezzler, Albert Weinshank, a nightclub owner and um, an official of the Central Cleaners and Dryers Association, and an optometrist named Reinhard H. Schwimmer, who hung out with this group so he had something to brag about, basically. Um, So some 70 rounds of ammunition were fired. When the real police officers from Chicago's 36th District arrived, They found one gang member, Frank Gusenberg, barely alive with the rest dead. Um, In the few minutes before he succumbed to his injuries, the police pressed him for information, but he would not say anything. Police only found a few eyewitnesses in the area, but eventually determined that the gunman, gunman dressed as police officers and entered the garage where they pretended to arrest the men. Marin immediately placed the blame on Capone, but Capone was actually hanging out in Florida at the time of the massacre. No one was ever brought to trial for the murders. The St. Valentine's Day massacre both signified the end of significant gang opposition to Capone's rule in Chicago, but also the beginning of his downfall. As I learned from recently binging The Sopranos, You don't want to draw too much attention to yourself, and this may have ended up hurting Capone's image. Capone became the public public enemy number one. An official investigation was started by federal authorities after he failed to appear before a federal grand jury after being subpoenaed in March 1929. He was arrested for being in contempt of court. Capone posted bond and was released. He was then arrested in Philadelphia in May on charges of carrying concealed weapons. He served nine months in prison and was released for good behavior. 
In February 1931, a federal court found Capone guilty on contempt charge charges and sentenced him to six months in Cook County Jail. At the same time, he was also being investigated for income tax evasion. Through diligent forensic accounting, Special Agent Frank Wilson and other members of the intelligence unit of the IRS uh, were able to put together a case, and in June 1931, Capone was indicted for evasion of federal income tax. He was convicted that October after an internationally publicized trial. Capone was sentenced to 11 years in prison, first in Atlanta and later in Alcatraz, our number one episode, or I guess our first episode. Yeah, (laughs) I guess our number one too, but yeah, our first. (laughs) I mean, yeah, this rate might have, if not the most listens, at least in the top three, just because it is our first. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll discuss this at the next board meeting. So Capone was released in 1939 and died an invalid recluse at his Florida home in 1947. So also a theory was that was brought to light consists of Capone actually being falsely blamed for something he didn't do. At the time of the massacre, President-elect Hoover would have felt pressure to put a face behind whoever was responsible quickly before he started his office, or whatever the right way to say that is. Prohibition made celebrities out of gangsters like Al Capone, and the nation's justice system was a cesspit of corruption. Hoover would take office determined to make an example of Capone. New evidence suggests that the crime was likely not the work of the man referred to with his, within his own organization as the Big Fellow. The president actually hired men in Chicago to get Capone. Their refusal to acknowledge his innocence was actually one of the reasons the crime is still unsolved to this day. That is the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Oh, wow. Interesting. So yeah, it's like, okay, here are the facts of what happened. But also, which I don't think I knew about, here's a theory that maybe it wasn't Capone and because he was just such a big name, they were just like, let's blame him. So, but what if it wasn't? Well then, I guess. Well, I mean, I feel like Capone did a lot of legal I know. stuff anyway. <laughs> so it's like, even if he didn't do it, you, you did something but else. I did read that. I was like, oh, that it did seem pretty convenient that he wasn't in the state mm-hmm. when it happened. But then it's like, is it convenient or was he really not behind it? Like, yeah, it's just like because he was capable of doing so much, it's like so much easier to say it's probably him. But yeah, and it also like gives people like peace of mind. Like we caught the guy. Right. May not be the right guy, but we caught a guy. So. And as I learned from The Sopranos, things can get murky pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I think the only time I've ever really heard like this, the Valentine's like massacre, like talked about, was on an episode of The Golden Girls. Yeah, it was like an episode <laughs> where it must have been like a Valentine. There's there must have been something with Valentine's Day, but like Sophia, like the old like mom, he's like yeah. one of the best. She's like my favorite character, basically one of them. Yeah was telling like a story about like 
accidentally being like at the site of like this massacre and Dorothy was like, mom, there is no way that you were witnessed the Valentine's Day massacre. I was just going to say, was there, <laughs> there an older person that said she was there? Yeah. That's so funny. But she was like, I was. And Dorothy was like, no, you weren't. So if you guys want to watch a funny episode of Golden Girls, yep. I recommend that one because it's pretty good. <sighs> been but, needing to watch Golden Girls. I haven't in a very long time. I have to be in the mood, but it's such a good show. Right. I know. It's like the format of those older sitcoms. I feel like mm-hmm. I like, I don't know, either I don't have the patience or it's like shows are made so differently now that I almost feel like I need to be very in a very focused mood or something. Yeah. It's just hard for me to like slower. It's just hard for me to like keep up, like remember to yeah. watch it every week because I don't have cable. So I just do like streaming services and sometimes I forget for like three weeks. And I'm like, oh, I've been watching yeah, the show and I forgot. I feel like it's on Hulu, right? Yeah, it's on Hulu. Okay. Yeah. We just got it recently, so that's good to know. I like Hulu. It has a lot mm-hmm. of good stuff. I like that it has like 2020 and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I watched that, too. Ooh, there's another case I was maybe going to do that was recently on 2020. I'll probably do it at one point, but I feel like it'll be pretty detailed. Yeah. I've been watching, um, oh, God, it's on Netflix, and it just came out, like, last Friday. Something Anna. Um, hmm. It's about that woman who's, like, the con artist. Oh, the German inventing. Yeah, that does look good. I'm only on episode two because I only watched like the first one because I wasn't sure if like I was going to get into it or not, but it's pretty good. And there's only like nine episodes. So definitely recommend for those true crime lovers out there. It's pretty good Mm. if you haven't already watched it, which I'm sure a majority of you have. But I haven't seen that show yet, but a documentary came out about Anna. I don't know, a year or two ago, and I watched the documentary, and her story is, like, insane. It, I'm only, I know, like, some, I remember, like, when the case broke, and, like, the article started coming out about her, so I know about some of it, but, like, I don't think I've realized how crazy it is, and I feel like this, because it's also, like, from Shonda, whatever she's Shonda Land. Yeah, Shonda Land, Bridgerton, (laughs) Grey's Anatomy, all that, so it's, like, really good, like, it's well done. So, but I feel like it's going to be crazy and it's going to be hard for me to keep up. So that's why I've been like, I'm just going to like enjoy it and not just like binge it. I just started watching the um, Kristen Bell show, the lady in the house with the wine glass across the street from the guy (laughs) in the house, (laughs) whatever it's called. Crazy title. Yeah. But that doesn't seem bad. I'm on the second, third episode. I don't know. I have to, like, watch these shows, but, like, I have to watch them in a way where I'm, like, okay, I watch, like, a new show for a bit, and then it's, like, I watch a show that I know, so I don't have to really pay attention, and it kind of clears the palette a little bit, and then I go back to the new show, so. Yeah, like, I need to, if it's a new show or one that's really good, I try to not be tired. If I'm tired, I'll watch, like, something more familiar. Same. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Oi with the Terror Already. We release new episodes every Thursday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. 
Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Boy with the Terror Already podcast. Um, if you want to write into us with spooky camping stories, our email at, is Oi with the Terror Already at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. See you all <laughs> next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>